You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Yankees reporter, Brian Hoke. And, Brian, the Yankees salvaged uh, one game of their series, avoiding the sweep on Sunday, thanks to uh, a pretty good start as far as Masahiro Tanaka goes, going up against Hisashi Iwakuma. It was just the 12th time uh, two Japanese pitchers have started against one another, so a bit of a historic event, uh, and Tanaka get the best of his former teammate over in Japan. Was he excited about that matchup going into it and, and afterwards? He seemed like it. Uh, he plays his cards pretty close to the vest, as I'm sure you know. Um, tries not to outwardly show a lot of emotion, but I, I think it meant something to him. Uh, this is the first time that two teammates from Japan have gone head-to-head, and uh, Iwakuma is a guy that he looked up to. Iwakuma, he said, was the ace of the staff and Tanaka came right out of high school. So he learned a lot from them, uh, the idea of how to attack hitters, uh, what to look for out there. So I think it was definitely meaningful for him, and uh, he raised his game. He, he answered the call. Um, I think even more than that, the Yankees needed a stopper. You didn't want to lose another game. They'd lost four straight. Uh, you didn't want to make it a fifth and then head in the off day and think about it. So I think that was important for Tanaka and the Yankees. Uh, they've really struggled with runners in scoring position uh, really bad on the weekend. Uh, Friday 0 for 12, Saturday 0 for 12, Sunday 1 for 11, and that 1 for 11 was good enough to get the win. So I guess they should be thankful in a sense. But what is going on with this team? Because obviously it's a team with veteran batters who, who know how to come through with runners in scoring position. They just all seem to be in the same kind of funk. Yeah, you never look as bad as you do when you're not getting runs in because it's just it's so frustrating. You get those guys in scoring position at second or third base, and you pop it up or you strike out and you can't get them home. So it's the ebb and flow of the season to me. I, I, I find it hard to get too worked up uh, 10, 11, 12 games into the season. Um, I think it, it, these are guys, you look at the back of their baseball cards, they're going to hit. Um, they have proven track records, as you talked about. But, uh, yeah, it's frustrating. I, I think that the frustration is getting through to a lot of guys. And A-Rod made a funny comment in his locker um, when he hit the home run there was a runner at first base and he said thank god that uh, he wasn't standing at second because i wouldn't have gotten him in so <laughs> i don't know who, who can really tell why teams struggle with runners in scoring position you just know it, it affects every team at some point during the course of the season obviously i think the yankee fans get frustrated because they obviously want this team more than they do any other team and it seems like they're always struggling with runners in scoring position but i, I really do think it affects almost every team during the course of the season so uh, maybe they show signs of breaking out of that, and then all you can really do is keep going up there and keep swinging the bat. You mentioned A-Rod, and he came through with the big homer in the second. Uh, he was dropped in the batting order by Joe Girardi to the second half of that order, which immediately makes Girardi look like a genius. Um, did that allow A-Rod to take a little pressure off, or is this a sheer coincidence that the moment he's moved back in the order, he hits a home run? I, I think it helps that you get a mid-80s fastball down the middle, basically. <laughs> That's what A-Rod has made his living on. So, I mean, maybe it, maybe it does give you some kind of subconscious relax a little bit. Uh, he said that he had good advice from uh, Girardi before the game, basically stopped trying to choke the sawdust out of the handle of the bat. Um, 0 for 19, though, that, that tells you something. It's the third longest drought of Alex's career. Um, I think that any time you got a guy who's 40, 41, 42 years old, uh, the questions are going to start coming. Is he done? We were asking those questions last year in April about Carlos Beltran, and since May 1st, he's been one of the best hitters on the team. So I think that 
it's still in there. I, I'm a little, I, I wouldn't say concerned, but if I were the Yankees, I would take note of the fact that when Alex has been getting fastballs down the middle, uh, and we're talking 93 and up, uh, he's been swinging and missing at that. That's something he only did about 25% of the time last year. It's been over 50% this year. So it's something to watch. But uh, it is April, and I, I would refrain from hitting the panic button so soon. I think this is what we've seen from Alex this year so far. Is kind of what I think fans expected to see from him last year coming back from the year away, but then he kind of surprised everyone with the big year he had. So maybe we give him the benefit of the doubt right now at least. Uh, the Yankees made a move this week. Uh, they sent Tyler Olson to AAA. They recalled Brandon Pinder. Um, Olson had only been up briefly. Um, they're kind of juggling relievers, it seems like. Are they just trying to get more bodies up there to have fresh arms? It was only a matter of time. I mean, this is a team that has used a ton of pitchers over the last few years. Uh, the Scranton shuttle is in full effect. So, yeah, they got Tyler Olsen up. He got in the game, sent him right back out. Uh, Pinder's a guy, he's an interesting guy. I, I kind of had Pinder penciled in to make the team in spring training. Uh, the numbers the numbers weren't bad. Uh, I, I still really haven't gotten a concrete explanation other than that they had other guys that they wanted to put on the roster. Um I thought Pinder had a very good chance of making the team out of spring training. He's a big body, hard throwing guy. It's the kind of guy that Brian Cashman likes a lot. Um, basically, just country hardball. You, what you see is what you get out of this guy. So, um, I, I don't think he's here to stay for the whole season. But there's very few guys in that bullpen that I feel comfortable saying that about. And obviously, you want to talk about the big three at the back end and Jason Shreve. Yeah, I think those guys uh, they can get settled in their locker for a little bit. But everybody else, I feel like, could be shuttled in and out. So. It's something the Yankees have taken advantage of. Um, the Pennsylvania farm team's only, what, an hour and a half away? So they can get guys there pretty quickly if they need to. So it's something they're not afraid to do. Speaking of that, the big three or the big two right now at the back end of that bullpen, uh, you talk about dominance. Dylan Batances right now, eight straight strikeouts over three games. Um, that's absolute dominance. Is this as good as you've seen him? I know he was great last year and the year before, but, but to be this dominate, is dominant as far as the strikeouts go? I mean, it's amazing, yeah, and I don't expect that he's going to continue to strike out the majority of everybody faces for the rest of the year, but who knows? Maybe he will. Uh, you know, Andrew Miller was saying the other day that as good as Miller has been, Batances just sets the bar so high that there's no point in even competing with him. And we were asking if there was kind of a friendly back and forth with him. If, if Dylan comes in and strikes out the side, does Miller try to do the same? Um, I, I think you'd like to, but I really do believe Miller when he says there's no keeping up with that guy. Um it's amazing the value that the Yankees are getting out of that contract. He's, he's, only, he's only paid, I think it's about $507,000 for this year, which is a bargain. Um, he'll be the eighth inning guy until Chapman comes back, and then he'll push back to the seventh. And this bullpen could be really like none we've ever seen in the majors before. Um, obviously, they've all got to stay healthy. The fact that Miller is pitching with a broken wrist on his glove hand, uh, that's a big deal. But or not a big deal, um, but it would have been a big deal if it was the other way. So they've gotten lucky on that. Um, if they can continue to get lucky and keep Batances, Miller, and Chapman together, I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch what those guys can do, and not a whole lot of fun for the other team. Yeah, and I think that broken wrist could have been a big deal if it was another guy, too. It was just kind of amazing to me the way Miller handled that. He was like, I'm not going to miss time because of my other wrist being broken, but that still is a factor, I think. I mean, come back or at you, you got to handle that ball. You got to catch the ball with that hand. But uh, he's apparently a guy who likes to battle through that stuff, and, and you know, good for him. Um, we mentioned the struggles with runners in scoring position, and 
maybe that's a connection to the fact that the Yankees have been doing all they can to get runners ahead and, and take an extra bag. And, and they've actually uh, 13 stolen bases heading into the week, which actually leads the majors, which when you think about the New York Yankees stealing bases that much kind of blows your mind. But what's it? what's the deal been with this team and the aggressive nature on the base paths? Yeah, I mean, you, you think of this team as the Bronx Bombers. You don't really think of them as the Bronx Burners. But so far this year, they have been. Uh, and the guys who you would expect to run have been running. Ellsbury, when he's on base, uh, Brett Gardner has been running. Uh, Chase Headley, that one that one jumps out of me on the, the stat sheet there. So I think that it is part of the idea that they want to be more aggressive. They want to push the envelope. I, I already think this Yankee team is bunted more than I – they watched, I saw them do all last year. I, I, that's probably not true, but just uh, through the eye test, I, I remember on the road trip, uh, a bunch of bunch of tens in situations where a Joe Girardi team would have sat back and waited for the two or three run homer. So I think that they're making a conscious effort to play a little small ball. They've got a younger and more athletic roster. You've heard Brian Cashman and Girardi talk about that a ton, about being more flexible and not being locked in with the Mark Teixeira, Brian McCann, Alex Rodriguez type guys. I mean, you need the sluggers in the heart of the order, but uh, they've got guys like Castro who can move a little bit. Obviously, Didi Gregorius, Gardner, Ellsbury, like I mentioned, and somehow Chase Headley's stealing bags too. So I, I don't expect that to continue, but the rest of them, I think, will continue to run when they'll pick their spots. And, uh, you know, it's, it's another item in the toolkit for the Yankees, and uh, they, they know they've got to score runs one way or another, and there's more than one way to do it. Headley, three for three after not stealing a base all last season. That's amazing. The team overall, 13 for 15 through two weeks. Uh, last year, they had 63 steals the entire season. So amazing stuff on the base paths. Great stuff from you, Brian. This has been MLB.com Extras, Yankees edition. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.